you're getting done everything you desire to get done. We submit ourselves to you. We submit ourselves to your plan, to your purpose. It is about you and your will being done and your kingdom come. Father, we we just stand before you in awe and reverence today and submit ourselves to you in a fresh and new way to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God to see to it that what he wants done is getting done. What he says to do is what we're doing. Where he says to go is where we're going. We yield ourselves to you. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, that not just in this place, but in the very atmosphere where we go all week, that the presence of the one, the greater one inside of us is showing up and manifesting everywhere we go. And that great things are happening in our lives. Great things are happening through our lives. But it's not because of us. It's because of the greater one who lives inside of us, the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory to God. Before you take your seat today, find somebody around you and tell them the greater one lives inside of me. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good to be in the house today. We greet every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Faith Christian Center this morning. And God's already, he's already started working. But he don't, he don't leave things half cooked. That means he's going to finish what he started in you. Hallelujah. You believe that? Go ahead and praise him if you believe it. Go ahead and praise him if you believe it. Go ahead and shout if you believe it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into some word today. Woo! Y'all been working the ACs lately? Yeah. Yeah, we, we've been working ours too. Thank the Lord. We can come into a, a house like this where we can be cool on a Sunday morning, even though you got a whole lot of bodies in the house. Thank God you can still be cool. Amen. Amen. And uh, uh, what I want to do is I want to go ahead and uh, just open up something to you uh, in the word that is going to, uh, uh, I, I believe it's going to go ahead and bless you and minister to you. And, and it's uh, really going to... Um, it's going to go ahead and call us to a place of action. That's one thing about God. God is about not just us being nice little hearers of the word that show up to church and say, good word, pastor. Praise the Lord. We're good, man. Thank you. Uh, it's more, more than that. It's, it's about being able to take what you heard and do something with it. 
God is all about that. As a matter of fact, the, the, uh, the word of God says that if you hear something and you don't do it, that you're deceiving your own selves. Now, it's bad to be deceived. But it's bad to be the deceiver and the deceived all wrapped up into the same person. Help, Lord. <laughs> so we don't want to be in that category today. No, we want to be those who are doers of the word, not those who are fooling ourselves, thinking that hearing by itself is good enough on its own, but know that God has called us to action. Amen. And so if I can give a title to what I want to minister to you today, I call it your slice of the pie. Your slice of the pie. And somebody just temporarily left their body and their memory went back to that family reunion back a few weeks ago. Oh, Lord, I need to call you back now uh, because you, you thought of that apple pie or that peach pie or that pecan pie or whatever it was, you know, at the, at the most recent picnic or family reunion or whatever kind of outing you were at. But I'm talking about your slice of the pie when it comes to the work of God and when it comes to what God has called you to do. And someone would say, well, I believe God called the preacher. Yeah, God's called the preacher, but God's not called only the preacher. God's called you. Every one of you in this room is called by God. Every one of you in this room is given by God something that is designed for you to do, something that you are specially equipped to do, something that you have a part of the DNA of Jesus inside of you to do and to get done. And I want to go ahead and minister along those lines today. First of all, I want to look at John 3, verse 34. And uh, we'll read this out of the King James Version. But before we read that, let me say this. Uh, in, in the context of understanding how the body works, we always look at the head first. Because the head is so vital to what can be done, what's supposed to be done, and, and how the body's supposed to act. If you want to know how to act, look at your head. <laughs> and in our case, the head of the body of Christ is Christ. So we're looking at Jesus. And we're, we're, we're wanting to establish something as far as the way that Jesus ministered when he was here on earth and what changed when Jesus ascended to heaven and then was working through his church, through his body here on the earth. So John 3.34 in the King James says, For he whom God has sent speaketh, speaketh the words of God, for God gives not the spirit by measure unto him. In other words, God, if God does not give the spirit by measure to him, that means that he had the spirit without measure, or as the New Living uh, Bible says, the New Living Translation says, God gives him the spirit without limit. That means that Jesus, really when he was here, you can say that uh, when Jesus was physically here on the earth, he was the body of Christ on the earth. That's not a, a heavy thing to figure out, is it? 
He was the body of Christ on the earth, not just in the literal sense, but also in the figurative sense that every anointing and every gifting that there was that the body of Christ can experience today, he had it fully flowing through him without limit. And uh, uh, and as much as there was to have, it was all wrapped up in Jesus. Jesus was apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. He was them all. He was the apostle because he was sent. Thank God he was sent. He, he's the ultimate sent one. The fact that the father sent him all the way from heaven to earth. That's called being a sent one. That's called being an apostle. We see Jesus as a prophet. He made the statement that uh, no prophet is without honor except in his own hometown, in his own country. You know, when he was preaching in Nazareth and, you know, the folks said, yeah, we know your mama and we know your daddy. We know your cousin and, you know, all that kind of familiarity that, that, they, uh, that they did not honor him and receive him as he was to be received. And you want to know something? When you don't honor him and receive him as he's supposed to be received, you limit what you receive from him. Because where was it that he could not do many mighty works? It was right there in his hometown where that spirit of familiarity was. Where he was not received as who he was and therefore they could not receive from him. Even though he wanted to, even though it was in his heart, he was limited because of their unbelief. Jesus was the evangelist. He was the ultimate one who went and preached the good news. Stood up right there in his hometown. Once again, we're talking about Jesus in his hometown. And he said, the spirit of God is a, a, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. To preach the good news. The primary job of an evangelist, Jesus was doing it. Pastor. Otherwise known as shepherd. We see Jesus operating in that function. He's the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Hallelujah. And he was a teacher. He went everywhere preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, uh, teaching and preaching and healing. You know, the scripture says that multiple times. So we see Jesus functioning in all of those roles. But you know, Jesus was also uh, the ministry of helps. Did you know that about Jesus? No, I just see Jesus doing this, this, and this, but I don't see Jesus doing that. Well, Jesus did it all. Jesus was the ministry of helps, which means that he did what needed to be done when nobody else was willing to do it. And there's nowhere where that is as manifest and obvious as on the night he was betrayed when they were in that upper room and one by one, all the disciples walked in the room and saw that little bowl there in the corner and the towel in the corner where, where, where the servants would usually be right there to go ahead and, and, and wash the feet of the guests coming in. And uh, everyone, one by one said, well, ain't my job. Next one came in, ain't my job. Next one came in, definitely ain't my job. And one after the other, everybody came in and said, nope, not my job. Who took the job on? Jesus. Because Jesus, as uh, functioning in the ministry of helps, saw when something needed to be done, 
He was the one to do it and did it to teach uh, an example, uh, a lesson to us that, that is still going and going and going. The lesson Jesus taught that night is so amazing and so powerful that they are still teaching us here today. So Jesus was the ministry of helps. He operated in every anointing that there is. Jesus identified himself and his purpose for coming in this amazing statement, Mark 10, 45. He said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. So Jesus had the spirit without measure. The individual members of the body of Christ today, that's us, we have the spirit by measure. That means there's nobody that's operating in every anointing like Jesus did, but the body of Christ as a whole, not just the body of Christ in this room, but the body of Christ all over this planet is equipped with the same measure that Jesus had, and the measure that Jesus had is spread out over all the individual members of the body of Christ. You know, uh, uh, we, we like the word serving, uh, when, 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 or, you know, sometimes in, in the South they say, would you like another helping or another serving? Because when, when you think of a serving, you, you think of what you're going to get on your plate, Right? But I want you to know today that you have a a serving of his service inside of you. You've got a serving of his service. You've got, as we said before, your slice of the pie. Your slice of the pie. That which is designated for you, that which you are called to, that which you are equipped for, that which you are anointed for. You mean me anointed? I thought only the preacher was anointed. Well, let me tell you a thing or two. The anointing is not a thing. The anointing is a person. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. See, Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. Christ means the anointed one. Jesus, the anointed one. And Paul uttered these awesome words, Christ in you, the hope of glory, which means when you're talking about Christ in you, you're talking about the anointed one in you. You're talking about the anointing in you. And someone said, little old me? Yeah, you. Every member of the body of Christ. Now, I want to go ahead and show you something that can help get a point across in kind of a humorous way. Because sometimes, you know, we, we think of, uh, uh, you know, super Christian who's just called to do everything. You know, we, uh, in our Bible school days, we used to joke around about the guy who walked around with, with the ape business card, A-P-E. Well, what's an ape? Well, it is apostle, prophet, and evangelist. You know, the, the, the guy who just thought he was everything and anointed to do everything. But, but this little something will remind you that there's not one of us that's called to do everything. Go ahead, roll that video.
Bunny. Third base, Bugs Bunny. Center field, Bugs Bunny. First base, Bugs Bunny. Shortstop, Bugs Bunny. Second base, Bugs Bunny. Now, what did you notice? You notice the announcer saying, first base, Bugs Bunny. Second base, Bugs Bunny. Third base, Bugs Bunny. That's not how it is for y'all. That's not how it is for me. The way that it is for us is that we don't have to play every position. We're not called to play every position. But you are called to do your job. And your slice of the pie. Praise the Lord. Now, as, as we look at this a little further, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, the end of an, an amazing prayer that, that Paul prayed for the church there. He speaks this. It said, and he, God the Father, put all things under his feet. That's under Jesus' feet. And gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. And it it says this, the fullness of him who fills all in all. What does that mean? Well, the the Amplified Classic brings a little clarification to that term. And, And it says this, in that body lives the full measure of him. So Jesus had the spirit without measure, right? That's what we read in the beginning. But in the body of Christ, lives the full measure of him. That means that everything that he had that was all wrapped up in him, it's all out there and it's all still available, but rather than being in one person, it's in it's spread out throughout the whole body. Now that is a very key reason why Jesus would say something like, it is beneficial to you that I go away. Because when the disciples heard that, they say, why on earth would Jesus say it was good for him to go away? Who could fathom such a thing? But Jesus knew that, that he could go ahead and minister in one place at one time. And when he was in Jerusalem, you know, he, he, he was not active in Nazareth. When he was in a, 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 a Jericho, he was not active in Capernaum. He was in one place at one time. But the body of Christ, with the same anointing and the same spirit, equipping people according to what God's called and designated them to do, where you could have Jesus doing something here and Jesus doing something there and Jesus doing something on the other side of the world and Jesus doing something everywhere. And and it's all happening at the same time, it's all happening around the world, and the devil's so nervous, he's like, man, I thought it was tough when Jesus was just in one place. Now I look, and Jesus is everywhere. Woo! And how is he doing that? He's doing that through us. He does that through the body, through his hands, through his feet. Through, through, through the body that he lives and functions through, the body that gets his signal from the head and then follows through and acts on what the head says to do. Glory to God forever. Now, this is not just when it comes to preaching or teaching or healing the sick. 
I want you to know that the anointing that is upon you as a member of the body of Christ can even go beyond what you might think. Well, yeah, the anointing applies to this and to this, but the, the anointing would never apply to that. But I want you to know that even in the Old Testament, in Exodus 31, that there was talk about this guy named Bezalel who had the spirit of God uh, come upon him. He was filled with the spirit of God in several areas. And I'll just name a few. All manner of workmanship. He was filled with the spirit to design artistic works. He was the Filled with the spirit in cutting jewels and carving wood. Imagine this, that the, the, the spirit of God came on this guy, anointed him to do all these things that we would deem as, well, those aren't spiritual things. Those are practical things. But it was important enough to God to anoint him to do it. And why? Because he was doing this for the purpose of building that tabernacle out in the wilderness. Glory to God. Now, think about this. What if you were to inquire of the Lord how he would want to get involved in your practical stuff? I've got to tell you, I was talking with, with uh, our dear brother and friend Bob DeRocher the other day. And uh, he, he shared with me, and, and of course, I mean, he, he's got a, a fix-it handyman anointing like very few people I've seen. But, but, but he would talk about the way that he would pray about something while he was on the way to the job. So he'd be on his way to the job, and, you know, he'd be putting his antenna up to the Lord, so to speak, about the, the most efficient, the easiest way to get the job done, the ability to identify the problem early so that you're not just fishing up every stream and uh, going aimlessly, but to pinpoint the problem, deal with it, and get it done. And I'll tell you what, man, if we would, would just realize that it's not just what we call the spiritual side of life that the anointing applies to, but that the Lord will anoint you even when it comes to practical details in your life, that the anointing can flow to you and through you when it comes to those practical details. I got to tell you, that's going to change the way with the, we approach things. Hallelujah. Yeah. And talking about Jesus as being the head, always understand this, that since Jesus is the head, uh, we're not going ahead and uh, uh, making decisions for ourselves as far as what we do or what we want to do or so on. No, actually, what we're doing is we're getting our orders from headquarters. <laughs> Literally, headquarters. You know what I'm saying? You are getting your orders from the head. He's the one who's determining things. He sets the members in the body not as where they want to go and where they want to be, but he sets the members in the body as he pleases. You don't pick your own spot. He picks your spot. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says this, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Now, this is such an important Bible verse 
Because this means, you know, uh, uh, I, I once saw some kind of advertisement or something. That, that it was a faith-based advertisement. And they'd say, go ahead and worship at the congregation of your choice. And when I heard that, something went off inside of me. I said, I can't do that. Because that's not my choice. I need to worship at the congregation that is his choice. I can't just go ahead and say, well, I want to do this, so I'm going to do this. You know, I don't function in anything that I function in because I got up one day and I said, I choose to do that or I want to do that. No, God placed me. God places you in the body as it pleases him. All right. Yeah, you ready for your slice of the pie? Come on now. <laughs> Get that vanilla ice cream on the side. Here we go. Now realize this about the body. We talk about the head of the body. Let's focus in on the parts of the body. Is that the body is made up of both external and internal parts. You know that about your own body. That means that there's parts that are more visible and parts that are behind the scenes, but are certainly no less important. Now, how many of you have realized that there's parts of you that we have never seen and never will see? And I'm not just talking about on the outside, I'm talking about internal parts that we will never see about you. But if you take that part out of you, you can't function. You take that part out of you, you don't live. So just because something's behind the scenes does not diminish the importance of it. Because you got a whole lot of important stuff going on behind the scenes in your body. That beating heart, those breathing lungs, you ain't going nowhere without them. Even though they're not seen, they're very, very important. So the Bible talks about both external and internal parts. Some callings and anointings are more visible. Some are less visible. But both are important. Both are uh, God-ordained. Both require the anointing to do it. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members or many parts... But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So even though there's many parts of the body, that doesn't mean there's multiple bodies. There's still one body. And of course, the end of that verse says, so also is Christ. So even though there's many people with many things to do, many giftings, many anointings, that doesn't mean there's many bodies. No, there's many parts in one body. You got that. All right. Verse 14, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? And this just tells you how important it is to get rid of insecurity 
and comparison games within the body of Christ. So important to get that stuff out of there. And the reason why is that you get so focused on what somebody else is doing, you're losing focus on what you're supposed to be doing. That's what happened to Peter one day after Jesus' resurrection. And he looks back at at, uh, Jesus is speaking to him about his calling, his destiny, even prophesying about what kind of death he would ultimately glorify God. And he looks over at John and says, Lord, what about him? And Jesus said, if I want him to hang out until I come back, what's that to you? You follow me. And so if we get caught up with what somebody else is doing and want to compare what we're doing with them or our calling with them or our gifting with them, you are barking up the wrong tree, somebody. And the head of the church would instruct you in the same way that he instructed uh, Peter and say, that be none of your beeswax, you follow me. You know what beeswax is? All right, just checking on you. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, the, the, the reason why the, the Bible actually says in another point is that to, to, make, to compare yourselves among yourselves is not wise. Because you're comparing apples and oranges. You're comparing somebody who's called to do one thing, that being you, with somebody who might be called to do a totally different thing. And then here's the thing, you might even be looking at somebody who's, who's really called and equipped uh, very much similar in the way that you are, and you're still making a comparison. But the thing is, is that there's still a very unique piece of Jesus inside of you that's different from the Jesus that's flowing through somebody else. Now, Jesus is the same. I'm not saying that Jesus is different. But I'm talking about, uh, but, but he's so multifaceted that he's got enough to go around. And the thing is, is that the Lord can flow through you and actually use your personality and, and, and even some of the things that you might think of as quirks. And the Lord can work through your quirk. Come on. Hey! It's amazing what he can do and how precise he is with knowing who he's picking. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. But he don't have any doubts about you. He, he, it's not like, oh, well, I thought that was a good idea, but now I'm not so sure. No, 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 no. Not with God. He knew what he was getting when he got you. And he is absolutely confident that his anointing on you to do whatever you're called to do, you can flow through you and, and, and you can go ahead and function in that and, and, and even your quirks won't mess it up. Well, they don't have to anyway. Hallelujah. Because you know how many people there are without quirks? <laughs> Just read the description of the guys, especially the the 12 disciples, you think you can find some quirks in there? Lord have mercy. There's some quirky crew there. But hey, we just read about the external parts. What about the internal parts? Let's look at Colossians 2, starting with verse 18. And it says this, let no one cheat you of your reward. 
taking delight in false humility, worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom, the, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. So you see, in one uh, passage, we were reading about the, 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 the foot and the hand and the ear and the eye. And now we're reading about joints and ligaments. Some seen on the outside, but that which is internal is not seen. But you, you don't want to be living your life without joints and ligaments. You know what I'm saying? The knitting, the glue that holds you together so you're not just a walking blob, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Think about the stability that is brought to the body through joints and, and ligaments. The, the cohesiveness and the connectedness that happens because of the way God created the body. Well, you don't want to go ahead and have the body of Christ without joints and ligaments, without those who are part of the, 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 the cohesiveness and the, the connectedness. I, I mean, sometimes there's just people that just have such, a, such an ability and a giftedness that, that you just know they're always there. And you know what? I've heard Pastor John testify before about how much he's been encouraged by certain people that he just knew would always be there. Uh, you know, there's certain people that when he came to, came to church, they're always right there in their place doing their thing. Cohesiveness, connectedness. You know, that, that means they're, they're not up and down and all around. No, that stability that they have inside of them is actually something that the whole body benefits from. Hallelujah. But with your an external part or an internal part, the ultimate source of what the body needs for growth comes from the head himself, and that is Christ. Ephesians 4. The ultimate source of what the body needs for growth comes from the head himself, and that head is Christ. Ephesians 4, 15, uh, and we'll read 16 as well. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From whom? Someone say, from whom? The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now this is loaded. So we'll go ahead and break this down a little bit. First of all, I want you to realize this. That part there where it says, uh, talk about every part doing its share. Uh, there's a, a, a rendering of that in the complete Jewish Bible which says it like this. With each part working to fulfill its function. Someone say that. With each part working to fulfill its function. Yeah. 
And it talks about, I love that word supply or supplies here. That's very, very important. So first of all, Christ gives you your supply because you get it from the head. Remember verse 16, it starts with from whom? Hey, yeah, you, 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 you don't have that because you're cute or anything, you know. You might be cute, but, but, but your gifting and anointing, you see, the very idea that it's a gift means it was given to you. You did not give it to yourself. So, so the, the, the supply that you have is from him. Christ gave you the supply and you in turn, when you're doing your job, share your supply with the rest of the body. Christ supplies you, you supply the body. See, it says, join the knit together by what every joint supplies. Now, th- this is very, very important because that, that means, well, you know, that joint has a supply and that joint has a supply, but not, not this one. You know, I don't, I don't have a supply. Well, either the Bible's lying or you're lying. I, <laughs> my money's on the Bible. Let me tell you, God's telling the truth. You must be a liar. So every joint is supplied with its supply that can there go from there and move on to the rest of the body, impact the rest of the parts of the body close by to you. We're not talking about you have your supply of joints, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I live in the city. I mean, you can hardly be part, you know, stopped at the intersection and... <laughs> That's nasty. But anyway, I'm I'm moving right along. (laughs) We're talking about you as a joint in the body having a supply. Hallelujah. And where there's a lack of supply, there's a lack of knitting. Think about that. Where there's a lack of supply, there's a lack of knitting. Because verse 16 says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So you see, the supply that you have is very important to the knitting. As the words we used before, the cohesiveness, the connectedness. So you operating in your supply, receiving your supply from the head, and then letting that supply flow out of you to the rest of the body is very important to the knitting. Keeping things together. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, there was another scripture where, where Paul said, I know that this is going to turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, I didn't put that in, in our verses for the day, but if you want to write it down, it's Philippians 1.19. talks about the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that you have a supply of the Spirit. Think of it in the, even in the terms of just come to church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. And if we think only in terms as what Pastor Chris has referred to many times as the uh, consumer mentality. Well, I'm coming to church. We're going to see what the preacher has to say today. And this mindset is only in terms of coming to get something. When the Bible 
uh, talks about you having a supply of the spirit, which means if you're functioning the way a member of the body of Christ ought to function, you're not just coming to receive, you're coming to bring something with you. You're bringing something with you to the party. You're not like one of those that want to show up to the party and, you know, it's potluck and, and you bring an empty pot. Come on now. Moocher. Don't be a moocher. Bring your supply. Yeah, other people got supply. You're going to get the blessing and the benefit of what others are bringing. But the, the Spirit of God is saying to you today that when you come and gather together with other believers, bring your own supply. Don't just sponge off the supply of the others. Bring what God's given you. Bring what God's put inside of you. And if you don't know what it is, pray till you know it. Pray till you get it because you know it's true because it's in the book. Hallelujah. Oh, boy. So some members of the body are part of the knitting, part of the holding together. But the bottom line, as I said, every member has a supply. We read that, uh, well, actually, we read in the New King James, but I referred to that, that little uh, statement out of the complete Jewish Bible where it says, with each part working to fulfill its function. With each part working to fulfill its function. Now, there's this word, a, a Greek word, that, that is really, if, I, if, if I'm correct about this, I think it's only word used in 1 John chapter 2. And in the original King James, it's translated twice as anointing, but translated once as unction. How many of you have ever heard that word before? Unction. It's really the anointing or the, the smearing of oil on a person, you know? You need to function by your unction. What is your unction? That which you are anointed to do, that which the oil of the Holy Spirit has, has flowed upon you and has equipped you with and has designated you with. You can function by your unction. The particular part of his anointing that's in you, the particular piece of the pie that you have. You don't have to try to do it all because you can't do it all. You don't have to try to be somebody else because you can't be somebody else because you don't have the same equipment, but they don't have your equipment either. So function by your unction. Romans 12, let's check it out. Starting with verse 4, it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing Different gifts, see that? Having then gifts differing 
according to the grace that is given to us. Let us sit on them. Let us wait for somebody else to do theirs. No, that's not what it says. It says, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And I would submit to you that is not an exhaustive list either. But several things I want you to see here and really highlight out of this passage, and we can go back to verse 4 real quick. First of all, make it real clear, as crystal clear as I can make it to you, all members don't have the same function. You know why? Because all members don't have the same unction. All members are not anointed the same way, equipped the same way. So therefore, if, you, if, if you've got a different uh, unction, then you, you're going to have a different function than somebody else who might be anointed differently or equipped differently than you are. Verse 6, there are some things I really want to highlight there. Having then gifts differing, gifts different from each other, Gifts differ from each other, and that's okay. Look at somebody next to you and say, that's okay. That's not a bad thing. That is by design. That is by divine design. Because everything that was in Jesus is now distributed throughout the whole body, and you have your slice of the pie. And it's interesting. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So that's really another way of saying that the, the, the anointing that's on you or the, the equipping of God in, in your life, uh, a different grace equals a different gift. And when you get to flow with the way that God has graced you, then you can go ahead and flow in in the the gift he's given you. And as I said before, you don't sit on your gift. You don't wait around and watch somebody else to use theirs. No, you use your gifts. Now, as we're getting ready to wrap up today, let me address this. And we've got more we could get into, but we'll we'll be back sometime and, and, and may minister more along these lines. But, uh, but what, what about the people that would say, I don't know what my function is. And I've heard that a lot over the years. I don't know my place. Well, to you, the first thing I would say is consult your manufacturer. <laughs> Nobody knows the purpose of why something was created or how it was created to work better than the manufacturer himself. So if you want to know, what's the purpose of me? How am I supposed to work? What's in me that's different from what's in somebody else? 
Consult the manufacturer because he's not looking to hold out on you. No, he's not playing keep a secret from you. No, as a matter of fact, when you consult him, it's amazing what you find out when you do consult him. And then besides that, how about this? Should I sit and do nothing until I know for sure? Nope. You know why? Because the Bible says, do what your hands find to do. And you say, well, I may not know everything that, you know, of how I'm equipped and how I'm anointed and, 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 and whether God wants to use me in one way or the other way. Well, how do I get started? Do what your hands find to do. That is the approach that will ultimately lead you to your destination. Hallelujah. And uh, one more final word that will apply both to those who are praying about your place, seeking God about what your place is, and those of you that already know. One very important thing. Stay fed. Because when you get active in serving God and working for God and volunteering and and uh, using the, the gifts that God's put inside of you, you need enough input to keep up with your output. Because if you don't stay fed, you'll be somebody who's busy for the Lord and burning out. Because you would not have, uh, it's kind of like this. You'd be bouncing checks. You know why you'd be bouncing checks? You, you know why you'd have insufficient fund notices coming your way? Because you are spending more than you got in your account. So therefore, when you are serving the Lord and functioning in your role as he has placed you in the body, stay well fed. Stay well fed in the word and maintain a spirit-filled life because as you do that, you put yourself in a place to be able to continue to function in that way without burning out and without you trying to spend, figuratively speaking, money you don't have. Anybody getting some wisdom from God today? Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we honor you and thank you. You're so good. Lord, we are loved by you. We, Lord, we sense your love today. We sense the love and the care of the head of the church looking out for us and caring for us. And Father, we, it, it is our desire today to commit to you that we will find our place and Lord, if it's as simple as, Lord, I don't yet fully realize every detail of what it is, but I'm going to go ahead and just do what my hands find to do. And as you do that, the Lord will go ahead and make things more and more clear to you to one of those things that you put your hands to just happens to click, just happens to fall right in place. And you realize, oh, I found something here. 
Thank you, Lord. But realize that nobody else can do your role. Nobody else has your piece of the pie. Nobody else is called specifically and anointed specifically with what you're called to do. So don't let the body suffer because of your negligence to do what you know you need to do. But rather, do what you're called to do so that you get the blessing of it personally and the whole body of Christ gets the blessing of it personally and the whole world gets the blessing of it. Because God wants to bless the world through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here today, you're watching my live stream and and you heard this, and it stirred up something inside of you and you said, man, I really want to know Jesus. I really want to go ahead and walk with Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to give my life to him. I want to surrender everything I've got to him. Well, you can go ahead and do that. If you're watching my live stream right now, I I, I really feel a a sense of the Lord to be able to lead you into what to do right now. Those of you in the room, if, if you're if you're uh, having a sense inside uh, of, of the, the Lord calling you and compelling you to come to him today, do not wait. Come see me. Come see me at this very front today, right as soon as service is done, which is just about two minutes away. But for those on live stream, I just got to sense somebody's out there and you're really, really sensing a uh, uh, God's pulling on your heart and that you need to make the decision right now. Well, go ahead and make that decision. All you got to do, these are not magic words. These are words that if you speak them and believe them, they will impact your life greatly. Say this in Jesus' name. I believe that Jesus died for me and that he was raised from the dead. I believe that he is the only son of God, the only begotten son, of Almighty God. I give my life to Him today. I surrender to Him today. I repent. I make a U-turn from the way I was going. And I decide to follow Jesus starting today and for the rest of my days. Amen. Glory to God. And if that's you, And I especially have a sense for those of you watching my live stream today. If that's you, please contact us. Uh, We'll have live people in the office tomorrow morning, right after 830, 508-336-4110. We want to hear from you and be able to send something to you and encourage you to keep on going in in the the walk that you start and the commitment that you've made to the Lord today. Would you stand with me this morning? You know, it just seems like a, a, 